The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Hey, Chadville. Happy Thursday to you. A gorgeous day out there. A little chilly to start the morning, but boy. Eileen just uh, grabbed my attention when she said sunshine and 17 degrees on Sunday and Monday. Looks fantastic on the show today. Uh, we're going to tackle a number of things, um, including this new survey that was done um, with Edmontonians about your satisfaction on living here. And um, the numbers are a little bit well, I was going to say surprising, but I guess maybe giving the current state of the economy, maybe not so surprising. We'll we'll get into that just after 3 o'clock. We'll talk about the uh, Vignettes uh, uh, design series that is getting underway this week and a month-long exhibit. It's going to be a really cool event taking place downtown. And, um, of course, we've been talking about it. You've been hearing about it uh, throughout the day. We're going to talk health care as well. And and that's because today on the show, we are focusing on healthcare as part of our Alberta Matters Decision Canada coverage. Now, according to a new Ipsos poll for Global News, healthcare is the top issue of the election, with 37% of respondents saying it's what they're most concerned about. Daryl Bricker with Ipsos says that's starting to be reflected in the party platforms. It's mostly about things that relate to wait times, particularly when they go to hospitals, and access to prescription drugs. So you sort of understand now why you see some of the political parties in this election now talking about a national pharmacare program. So I want to hear um, your stories uh, about wait times and, and your stories about um, your experiences with the healthcare system coming up over the next hour. Do want to let you know that climate change ranked uh, second at 30%, moving ahead of affordability at 26%. But we're going to start this conversation with Sean Crump. Uh, Sean is the head and a president of Universal Access Incorporated in Calgary. It's a company that grades other businesses on their ability to accomplish accommodate all patrons. He says that he hardly gave uh, a second thought to these issues and the issues associated with healthcare, accessibility and mobility until he suffered a broken neck in 2004. He now uses an electric wheelchair to get about. Uh, Sean joins me this afternoon. Hey, Sean. Hey, how are you? Good. Thanks for joining me this afternoon. So I'm curious to know, I want to get into uh, in a little bit about your company and, and accessibility and what your, your your work is there. But I'm curious to know about um, your experience with the healthcare system. And I want to start with um, before the accident, had you, had you thought much about uh, the healthcare system? You just maybe used it when you needed it? Yeah, truly, you know, just a healthy young guy. Um, bumps and scrapes kind of all my life nothing really uh major in terms of necessary medications uh didn't have any kind of diabetic or any any consistent need for medication or you know uh visits to doctors or or the hospital at all until uh until my accident and that was in 2004 can you tell us what happened yeah, I uh, went camping with uh, some friends over May Long weekend up in uh, Cold Lake, um, at which point I, as a young guy, was trying to impress uh, some of the girls on the campsite and decided to go swimming. Oh. Uh, ended up running into the water or into the lake and did a little dolphin dive in yeah. uh, and unfortunately had a sandbank that I uh, wasn't able to see off in the distance. Oh, my um, gosh. Underwater. 
Wow. Um, yeah, and so your life changed immediately. Yeah, yeah, that was uh, kind of the pivotal moment for sure. All right, and so you were um, in the hospital um, after that for what, about a year? Yeah, yeah, uh, University of Alberta Hospital for about three or four months. So that was strictly ICU until I could uh, stabilize a little bit and uh, came back down to Calgary uh, at the foothills for the remainder. So I, I'm guessing at that time um, and um, the immediacy of the uh, the need for your treatment uh, afterwards, obviously with the, with this injury, I, I'm guessing that you have nothing but good things to say about your treatment um, after the accident. <laughs> uh, no? I mean, it could have been worse, <laughs> that's for sure. There's uh, probably places in the world where I would... Um, Canada over especially in a in an incident like that um, and again you know with the US and not having proper insurance and all of that it mm. is nice that it's not something that you know immediately comes to mind as oh god how am I gonna pay for this uh, so so there's certainly some value in some of the areas that uh, you know we have instituted in our healthcare um, platform but uh, that does not go without kind of the huge but there is a large space for improvement. Okay, and let's talk about that because um, you were quite hesitant when when I asked you that that question. So, um, you know, I guess first off, maybe what are some of the biggest challenges for people with mobility issues or a disability when it comes to the healthcare system? You've been living it now for 15 years. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that there's a couple for uh, different areas and we've kind of specialized in all different types of disabilities uh, on, a, on our business side. But for my, me personally, the mobility challenge is, um, you know, on the preventative care side to start, uh, so going to see a regular doctor on a regular basis, uh, that is something that is not very common amongst those who do have um, mobility issues. Why is or, that? Uh, high, um, you know, if you go into a doctor's office now and you feel how claustrophobic their offices are, imagine being in a scooter or a wheelchair uh, and trying to navigate those tight little rooms or, you know, those spaces uh, secondarily trying to get up onto one of those beds if mm. you're unable to either hoist yourself up that height or transfer yourself from your mobility aid onto one of those beds uh, starts creating other challenges as, as well. Um, you know, communication could be one for people who have any kind of auditory difficulties or um, disabilities. Uh, you know, not all doctors know sign language or any yeah. of those types of things. Uh, so yeah, there's just uh, it's certainly kind of a design standard as kind of the onset, and then you know going down through kind of the um, interaction or engagement side of of things as you as you continue down that path. Um, you uh, one of the other things I was wondering about as well. I, I'm 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 curious to know how how well the medical system works with those who provide um, the support for those who may have a mobility challenge, for example, a family member, a loved one. What, what have you heard or seen on that front? Um, so I think uh, that is all considered, 
you know, volunteer based or expected to be done on a volunteer basis uh, from the province. So if you receive funding or you receive um, money to be able to pay for uh, home care support, uh, that cannot be allocated to a loved one, a parent, um, or, or, you know, a family member of any sort. Uh, it is more specifically meant to go towards a health care agency or finding a health care aid in itself, which, again, can be rather difficult and uh, a challenging on its own front. And, you know, for anybody who has mobility challenges or requires home care support, uh, <laughs> you don't want to have a reliance on people on a volunteer basis, mm. especially with your loved ones. You lose that um, relationship that exists to a certain degree. Yeah, it's it's a challenge, and then the the home care issues. I mean, we've been dealing with it in 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 our family over the past uh, couple of years, and just you know what's allowed, what's available, you know, all of this sort of stuff. It, it's it's really quite um, it's quite surprising. So you, so you you mentioned a couple of things that you thought could be done better better with preventative care communication. What do you think is uh, being done okay or done well? So I. I... I know because we've been in communication with Alberta Health Services and some of the initiatives that they are trying to move forward on. So some of the virtual care platforms that they are looking at Mm. are uh, quite intriguing um, to be able to speak with a uh, medical professional uh, virtually uh, kind of alleviates and helps support those in rural areas um, and, you know, allows for people who have difficulties kind of getting out into the community to begin with having to go to doctors on a regular occurrence even just for a conversation or for a concern Uh, so i i do like that i think there's a gap where if there's a virtual component to it uh those who qualify to be able to offer that service the um office that they work from or that they're billing the uh, clinic that they're working from should be uh, or meet a certain level of accessibility should those clients then need to come in. They're not being redirected to another mm-hmm. doctor who has an accessible facility. They can continue working and dealing with the person that they're familiar with. What would you like uh, people to remember um, on, on this front when it comes to this uh, election campaign? Um, I th- you know, I think when looking at... Uh, healthcare specifically um our generation is aging uh it will become a larger and larger demographic and a percentage of our overall demographic will become you know um over the age of 65 becoming more dependent on both preventative care but also care in an emergency basis and as that becomes more strenuous uh the already you know low approved system that that exists now becomes even more challenging for people to get in at a timely fashion um, have whatever needs they may have met so trying to alleviate some of those um, processes and better understand how we can be uh, optimizing the services that are available and again looking at it at a preventative state so you know keeping uh, the larger community there of over the age of 65 active engaged within their communities uh is is all kind of preventative in terms of health um and then once needing or requiring checkups or you know communication with medical uh ex 
experts having those resources available. Mm. However, you know, those may be decided upon. Sean, I need to take a quick break here. Can you hold the line? I have some questions about accessibility I want to talk to you. I want to ask you. Yeah, okay. All right, hold the line. Uh, Sean Crump joining me this afternoon. He is the head chair and president of Universal Access. When we come back, Sean has made it his work to try to show people and help people understand what universal accessibility looks like. What does it look like? Well, the answer's coming up. So as part of our Alberta Matters Decision Canada coverage, today we're focusing on healthcare, um, And uh, we're talking with Sean Crump, who is the head chair and president of Universal Access Incorporated, um, a, a company that um, is committed to um, taking a look at accessibility and um, He's been working uh, on this for, for, for quite a while now, and we were just talking about some of the issues that uh, those with mobility issues uh, might face in, in the medical system, some of the things that he's witnessed, some of the things that he's gone through. Sean, you've made accessibility uh, your business. Um, was, it, was it immediately, kind of right after your, um, your accident um, and uh, when you were uh, released from the U of A, that you um, started to realize the challenges that um, others faced? Yeah, it uh, certainly became very apparent um, as soon as I started trying to uh, navigate the city in a wheelchair. So trying to take the perspective of no longer being able to open any of my own entrances, staircases, even areas that were too steep. Uh, I remember Hmm. 15 years ago the first outing I did was to a movie with my mom it was a day trip from the hospital and uh, I went down the aisle way between the chairs to get to the accessible seating area and it was so steep and I hadn't yet gained a lot of upper body control so I actually fell forward out of my chair uh, just from the inability to keep myself back um, so all of those little type of things started becoming very um, real uh, and uh, noticeable uh, very very quickly you know Sean um, w- when you when you when you talk and you, you tell stories like that I think um, most um, able-bodied people don't even don't even think about things like that about the, the about the, the the steepness of the the movie theater floor I mean that doesn't even cross our mind it's um, yeah, of course and never did for myself either, or anybody in my family for that matter so your company, Universal Access, tell us uh, about it. It's an auditing company that kind of that grades other businesses um, on their ability to accommodate all patrons. How, how do you do that? So what we do, uh, we've actually taken six different legislated standards from other countries around the world. Canada is currently just working on our first federal uh, legislated standard. Um, however, we don't have a very strong one in comparison as of yet. However, those uh, avenues are being um, taken. So it's it's good news in the terms of these things are going to be uh, updated, rectified, and and improved upon over the next several years. Um, However, for us to be able to ensure that we're meeting a higher level of true access or there be an inclusion, we wanted to take from other countries who are doing it properly rather than trying to reinvent the wheel ourselves once we're able to collect those different standards, we kind of comprised it into uh, one checklist or assessment form um, that we go through or that we train our assessors to go through when um, reviewing a space 
or providing feedback on designs for new spaces being built. Hmm. Uh, once those standards have been met, we have a tiered system from a barrier-free standard, which is kind of a visitability, very low standard, um, specifically for here in Canada, knowing that there is a lot of challenge meeting what we've classified as our bronze. And then we jump uh, quite a ways up to our bronze, silver, and gold certifications that we put onto buildings. Uh, allowing people who are either traveling into Canada or who live here now to identify spaces that will in fact meet the needs that they may have and give them that reassurance that when they're going out, uh, the spaces that they are looking to go uh, will in fact be able to accommodate them. Because um, as of right now, it's even calling ahead. Uh, you never get <laughs> no very often. So people or people who are even unaware may think, you know, oh, it's just one little step or, oh, you know, this is accessible as far as I, to my knowledge, mm -hmm. um, just to arrive and realize that, you know, it's all high tables in the restaurant yeah. or it's some of those little, little oversights may, may have occurred and then there be it, you're, you're no longer able to, to access that space. So our overall goal is truly to get more people out of their own homes into the community being comfortable doing so feeling confident to do that uh, thereby decreasing kind of the isolation depression and loneliness that kind of comes along with uh you know, not being able to navigate or confidently go about your community. And that's going to impact your mental health as well. If, if, if you can't navigate your community, if you can't get out and do things, that, that's got to that's gotta be a big hit as well. Oh, definitely. I mean, it's, it's something that is a uh, true problem uh, with the, our community. And uh, it's something that we are trying to actively uh, correct so that people at least have the ability to get out or if they are going out, they're not going to the same restaurant over and over and yeah. over again because it's the only one they you know, feel confident going to because they've been there and know that that meets their needs. So having a tool or a platform where they can judge and base that on uh, you know, their experiences of similar places certified at similar levels, uh, it should then incentivize people to get out go into different situations, different places. Uh, it's, it's that equality of opportunity that we're really shooting for. So applying for jobs, getting out and, you know, contributing to uh, society is another really big thing that people take uh, a lot of pride doing. And um, it's something that... Uh, you know, doesn't change whether you're able-bodied or not. Sean, 100% uh, accessibility um, would be ideal. Um, how optimistic are you there? Are you that we might ever get there? Um, I think 100% accessibility is something that uh, is a tricky mm -hmm. way of kind of looking at it because, you know, uh, there's never a hundred percent comfortability for anybody in a public space so uh you know i think optimizing and limiting barriers uh to all different types of people is what we should be shooting for um that's why your home feels so comfortable to the person that lives there because you optimize it for your own needs going out into a commercial or public space regardless of your ability level you're always sacrificing something. There's millions and millions of different bodies and shapes and sizes. So chairs may be too short or, you know, doors may be too short. All of these little pieces, but if we can expand that 
uh, level of inclusion to a higher level of the bell curve that we are currently trying to aim for, I think it then diminishes a lot of that uh, separation and differentiation amongst the different types of uh, ability levels and, and people that are looking to get out and be social or find employment or uh, just be part of, you know, everyday society. Sean, you've given us a lot to think about today and I thank you for it. Thank you for joining us. Oh, thanks so much for having me. Take care now. That's uh, Sean Crump. He is the head chair and president of Universal Access, talking about uh, mobility, talking about um, those with uh, physical challenges in the medical system. What is... uh what is going right? What isn't going right? Uh, you know, I guess what's going wrong? Uh, all part of our Alberta Matters Decision Canada coverage on health care. We'll continue the conversation after the 2.30 news.